This is Transcend with Nat, where we're discovering our higher purpose and sharing stories and awarenesses along the path of transcendence. Hi, and welcome to Transcend with Nat. This is Nat, I'm your host, and today we are doing the second part of this podcast on manifesting wealth and riches, and we are using John Rogers' seminar as a reference, and I am taking excerpts from this seminar, playing them, and then discussing them with you, just like we did in the last episode. Uh, So the last episode, we got about halfway through this seminar, just taking excerpts and talking about it, because there's so much abundance of information about this process of manifestation in this seminar by John Roger. And for those of you who may just be tuning in, John Roger's my spiritual teacher. I lived with him. I worked with him for many, many years uh, and traveled all over the world with him. And so uh, this first seminar, I mean, the first podcast I did using the seminar, we went through what a person, the qualities of a person who is in tune with this energy, this supply, that this uh, formless substance from which we create all things, and what the qualities of someone who's using these principles, qualities that they have, and how we can apply that more in our lives. And now we're going to go in this podcast, we're going to discuss the different principles and JR is going to guide us in those principles uh, with these excerpts that I have pulled for you. One of the things that I had happen last, maybe it was a week or two ago when this, when I, after I did this first episode of uh, this two-part series here, is that I had my own all of a sudden freak out about my circumstances uh, in this world related to money and living and all sorts of things, I just became overwhelmed. And so I went back to the podcast and inside of me, I was like, wow, if I'm going to be talking about these things, I really need to actually apply them, especially when uh, I'm going through my own issues. And so when my issues came up, I went back to the seminar and um, I figured out and I compiled this seminar with a lot of other tools and techniques that I had been using um, and had taught before and had learned uh, through the years and used this seminar as the guide, as the guiding format and then took those tools and applied them plug them in and have been doing that. And it really shifted how I'm approaching manifestation, my life, goals, things of that nature. Uh, And so I think there'll be an opportunity going forward at some point here to actually share those tools and techniques that I've been developing based on this and a lifetime of doing this type of work. So that's something to look forward to and something that's really been working for me. And I encourage you to really apply this stuff and to use it uh, to the best of your ability to change your life in amazing ways. We're going to start now by going into the first excerpt. So let me just roll that for you right now. One of the first principles dealing with this formless substance. Intelligence is the only power that can move it. So if you're being dumb and stupid in your life, forget the rest of this and you can just relax. (laughs) I'm sure all of you here must be extremely intelligent because you're here. A thought form shot into this formless substance produces that thought form in the substance. 
You think a negative thought about somebody and it goes, shoo, right into that formless substance. And that other person isn't around. And then it's delivered. Shoo. You go, oh, God, what's that? <laughs> what a negative person that person is. Now you know how powerful you can be with negative thoughts. Oh, I get it. I, what I put out, I'm getting back. What goes around comes around. As I sow, I reap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in case there was a fourth one there. It is intelligent, it's always alive, and it's always moving, and it is always alive and moving towards that that is alive and moving. Now, listen to this. You take a form in your mind, a thought, and you shoot it into the formless substance. Now it thinks. As that formless substance thinks, it thinks about that form you put into it. So sometimes you don't get it on re express mail the next day. Because you may put it into a part that's not too fast. Maybe you're not tuned in how to get it in and get it out and get gone. So there is this element here called patience and gradualness. So in that first principle, uh, one of the things that JR really talked about is how um, what you put out comes back and what you put into this substance comes back. And what struck me is that as creators, as we're living, we're, we are putting our thoughts, we are putting those thoughts that uh, we persist in into the substance, um, whether those are negative thoughts, negative thinking consistently, about the same thing, um, or whether they are positive, or let's just say whether they are going the direction that we want to go in our lives, or that we're directed to go in our lives. Since we're putting this, we're putting our thoughts and, and our imaginations and these things into this creative energy, whether it's focused or not, why not? put it in a way that is going towards the direction we want more of in our life. To me, that only makes sense to do that. And that's a practical approach. Now, if you want more loving and more light and things of that nature, if you want um, a greater understanding, a greater experience of God, then that's why you want to be putting those thoughts out. You want to be putting things in the light, situations in the light, uh, and putting that into the formless substance as you move into it. That's one way to look at it. If, if your purpose is to have more of that in your life, then that's what you uh, focus on. And so since we are focusing on these things and on the positive nature. It's, it reminds me of something that Jer used to say a lot, which is don't lose in your fantasies. Always win in your fantasies. And the thing is, is they're fantasies anyway. So why are you losing in them? I was just talking to a friend today and uh, he was talking about asking someone for something. He's like, oh, well, the, but they'll, the, they might just say, uh, you know, no, forget about it, you know, what's wrong with you? And I corrected my friend. I was like, hold on a second. Why are you imagining that scenario? You might as well just imagine if they're going to just say, oh, of course, I have this extra of that and I'm happy to do that for you. And why not, since you're imagining it anyway, since it's not real anyway, um, yet, and it hasn't manifested yet, why would you be putting into this the negative rather than the positive? Another thing that I recognized he was talking about is that it may not come in in your timing, which also brings the point of be careful what you ask for, because you may get it, you may just not get it when you want it, and you may get it later on when maybe you don't want the same things because we do change, we do evolve in, in our desires and in our wants and in, um, and in what we want more of in our lives, and that includes spiritually. So one of the things that 
is important to do is as you focus, as you focus on the things that you want, you want to put them into this formless substance, but also put in there this or something better for the highest good. And that way, as you focus on these things and as you go towards these things, it allows this intelligence, because Jared had mentioned this thing thinks about what you've put into it. And this formless energy, uh, this formless substance is intelligent. So when we ask and we bring that higher quality of the highest good, it allows for something beyond us, a greater intelligence uh, or the greater part of us to bring forward those things which are more in line with what we truly want, what we truly want and where we're truly going. So let's go on to the next excerpt here. As this formless substance thinks, the thinking takes form and that form takes motion and that motion takes movement and that movement then descends into the fear of action which is the physical world. And then when it comes into the physical world, it's ours to receive of it when we have been the creative person that set it into motion. That separates the rich from the poor. The rich people are creating one way, the poor people are creating another way. They create their poorness. This substance does not respect the thought you put in. Now somebody said, well, what about the poor people? Don't you have anything good to say about the poor people? Yeah, don't become one of them. <laughs> There's enough. Become one of the wealthy, rich ones. There's not very many. Let's raise this thing. Let's give those who are poor a chance to stand up. Let's let them see how it can be done. Let's demonstrate that. We demonstrate that by our doing of that, which in a lot of circles is called faith. But faith without the action, faith without the works, is just more static nothingness. So no matter how good the idea, until you get up off your assets and get moving and motivate yourself into the power that is present, you're not going to make it. Now, the hardest work you'll ever do is to hold your mind steady on the formless substance with the content of what you want out of that in your mind so clearly that you can see it and hold it there until it starts to arrive. It'll be easier to dig the Panama Canal. <laughs> Panama Canal's been dug, so go ahead and do this other one. So in that excerpt, J.R. really broke down uh, the difference between rich and poor, and also the guide to this is how this works. And the more that each of us can learn how to work with this formless substance and each of us can learn how it works, not how we think it works, uh, not how we think the world should be, how people should be, how manifestation should work, because it doesn't care what you think or how you think it should be or how you think it should work. It works as it works. And like he said, it's no respecter of, of our thoughts about it. Um, at least that's how I took it. And, and that's something uh, he did say about the spirit, that it's no respecter of us in terms of it doesn't really, it does what it does and it doesn't really um, care about what you think about it. And so one of the aspects of this is it's not just a selfish thing, but it does require you if it's hard to help someone uh, out of the mud puddle if you're in the mud puddle with them in the center or in the swamp with them. It's like if you um, can get yourself out and if you can start to learn how to use this and then you can show others how to use this. And that's a really important thing to do. Uh, to assist them to learn how this works 
because there is enough for everyone and there is enough if you just go to this unlimited supply, this, uh, this uh, substance, and you learn to work with it, and then you can show others how to do the same. He gave us the key in that, which is holding the mind steady. And he said it'd be one of the hardest things you do um, is to hold that steady focus on where, what you're going for and doing, demonstrate it by doing it and going towards it. And that that will be a very difficult task because you have to hold to that and act on it until you actually manifest it. If you want to help others, you know, learn how to do this, learn how to do this in your life and assist others by showing them, number one, by your example, and number two, by showing them how, how it works. Uh, because when you f figure this out, that this is how it works, um, it can be really amazing and open yourself to new possibilities and so let's go to the next excerpt. Far too often we see the limitation and we think the limitation. That's a lie against the formless substance which is the truth. So we have to look at the limitation and declare the truth behind it as plenty in the midst of poverty. All religious sacred scriptures talk about this. You don't get it because you don't ask for it. Every appearance in the visible world tends to produce a corresponding form in the mind which observes it. And then this is held up as truth and is preventing us then from having the truth that sets us free. We walk up to the tree and declare that that's the forest and it's not. We got to have the wit to say there's a forest here and back off and look at it and find out that yes there is and that tree was a replica of many not the only one. When we declare the one we declare the limitation. But there is one substance in all things that is not limited. Is that double talk? Sure. Well, that's the way it is. This is extremely key and important. Uh, just the difference between seeing the limitation uh, versus seeing the truth of what is behind what appears limited. Seeing the truth of the formless and seeing, as he said, the plenty in the midst of poverty. Uh, but you have to look past what you see here. And get more, we'll get more into that concept later in, with these excerpts and in this podcast. Uh, but just looking at when you start seeing the limitation and start... Um, gauging, seeing yourself in your mind, looking at the limitation, you're to realize you're not seeing the truth of it. And to start looking, even if you don't see it at first, even if it's something that uh, you're just looking towards or looking for, is to look beyond the limitation of what's already created in this world to what is behind that, to the essence that is behind all of creation, that creation rests upon, and start to become aware of that, because that is the source. That is the source of all that is created. And so when you're seeing the limitation, you're not seeing the truth of what it is. Uh, so let's go, let's go into the, the next excerpt. I'd like to give you three fundamental principles You've heard them, I'm going to give them to you again. There is a thinking stuff from which all things are made and which in its original state permeates, penetrates, and fills the interspaces of the universe. Two, a thought in this substance produces the thing imagined by the thought. Probably wondering, where's the creative imagination come in? Right there. 
The third one, man can form things in his thoughts, and by impressing his thoughts upon this invisible substance, he can cause the thing he thinks to be created. Now you're going to say, now, John Roger, do you mean to say that if I sit here and think that I want a sewing machine, it's going to drop in my lap? No, they're going to produce it down in the factory and ship it over to you. Oh, I get it. It comes in on methods and means. Sure, we had Rockefellers, Carnegie, oh, golly, I'd hate to name all of them, that set up industry to produce the things in the world for us. But they were subconscious agents of this invisible, formless stuff that used them and their wherewithal to set up production for us to have more of those means to be freer, to experience more of our life in the spirit without being in bondage to the material world. And their job is done. So there, Jair, just gives us the three principles that there is a thinking stuff that all things are made of, um, that a thought in the substance pr produces the thing that's imagined, and that man can um, that man can form things in this thought by impressing it into the invisible substance, and it can be created, uh, and it comes through means in this world. It comes through methods in this world, and that's how it is produced here. One of the things that made me think of is, I think it was was either Mike, I may have the who said this reversed, but uh, it was Michael Jackson, I believe it was him who said that um, I need to get something about having to like get this song down and recorded before Prince does it. And basically, or maybe it was Prince who said that about Michael, uh, but basically that to me taps this idea that, um, that when you think of something, when you uh, think of something in this substance, in this formless substance, and it could be in that universal mind or the subconscious or something that it vibrates with others on that same on that same line of energy and they can pick up the same thing so you might get two people in different parts of the world who have the same discovery who create the same invention uh, at seemingly similar times uh, because they've they've both put this out into that substance and you can tap into that and also pick up on, you know, that what others are creating in this substance. One of the other things that JR talked about is how part of the purpose of actually creating all these things is so that uh, we can be freer from this material world and not be um, in bondage to the material world. Now, oftentimes, what I find is sometimes if we're not creating in with a, a clear focus in our lives, that we can actually create a lot more stuff, but then we end up in greater bondage to all the things that we've created in terms of maintenance and upkeep and all that goes with those things created. And so that's part of learning to be this responsible creator is to really um, be focused on creating those things that are in the direction that you are traveling. So let's get on with it to the next excerpt. Now what we're going to get is some agent out of the multitudes that will come forward and show us how to distribute this with equality throughout the universe, and especially this world, so that all of us can partake of it according to the creative energy and our ability to use and be of service with that that we receive. There's no need for you to get a million dollars if you're going to stick it in your sock. But there's going to be need to get a million dollars if you can distribute it out there in the form of service to many people so many can benefit. So there is a critical concept that Jer brought forward that we can apply, which is that you're, you partake of this 
according to the creative energy and your ability to use and be of service with that that you receive for others. And so if you want, say you want to create more wealth, um, but all you, you just want to create it to put it in your bank account or some other thing, rather than looking at it like that, start thinking, okay, well, if I, as I create more wealth, how am I going to take that energy, which the dollars or whatever currencies, money, gold, whatever all those things are to you, um, those things are energy that's being stored in, in that instrument, that financial instrument. So what, how are you going to use that energy? How are you going to use what you receive um, and what use will you put it to? And how will that be of service to yourself and to others with what you receive? Because if you're just doing it for greed, uh, then that can not be the most expansive. That's really not what we're talking about here. But if you're looking at using the substance and as you create and as you manifest greater abundance and wealth for yourself, that you have an idea of how you're going to use that uh, to not only assist yourself, but put it into service to others. Another thing that Jer discussed, which I think is interesting, he did this back, I believe, in the early 80s, this seminar, um, is talking about just the distribution of all of these things and how that would come forward. And I think in some ways, uh, we've seen that We've seen a huge change of, in, in, since the, that time period of the distribution, especially of information, uh, where the, the distribution of information has been huge because since then we've gotten the internet. And uh, all that that has as part of it in terms of the distribution of energy, I mean of information, as well as just the movement of goods around the planet, a lot of things have changed in that distribution. And so that's something that he was talking about in terms of people coming forward and being other subconscious agents of this. And we've seen those people come forward and, and a lot of those companies are now huge who do who work in the distribution. So that's just a note, something that came to my mind, but uh, something that really remembered it. The key here is, is how are you using that? And one of the ways to look at it is not just how are you going to use these, this wealth and this energy and this, this stuff that you manifest to be of greater service and to use it, but how are you using what you currently have? Are you using what you have now towards that purpose, towards that service. And so that's something to look at how you can do more of in your own life. Let's go on to the next one. You see, it goes like this. In order to know more, in order to do more, we must have more. We must have more knowledge. We must have more access to the things that will bring us knowledge. Books, movies, television, speed reading, universities. We have to have access to that. We don't get access to that without money. Money is one of those commodities that is created out of the form of substance that comes to us by being willing to be of service in this world and here comes the big principle. We get rich so we can learn more. This formless substance is always reaching out to express itself in more forms and more phases with a higher degree of intelligence. That's us. Unless, of course, out of space comes a higher degree of intelligence, so then it'll get it. Then we're poor again, only by this comparison. Right there, J.R. talked about 
how money comes to us. It comes to us out of this formless substance by our willingness to be of service. And one way I look at that is our willingness and our ability to give value, uh, to give value in terms of our work. So we'd give value to um, our customers or or give value to the business. And that's one thing uh, that JR... When I started working for him, he told me that, you know, people create their jobs around him. Uh, they create their place. And, and part of that was bringing value to the organization. And often that would look like, you know, bringing money, but it doesn't necessarily have to be like a direct thing of bringing money, but by bringing value to the organization. And in that world, though, it does, it often reflects as money. Um, often people will pay money for something of value. And so that's something to consider as in your work life, um, in, in your life in general, that the more you're willing to be of service, the more you're willing to give value uh, to what you're doing, that that's part of how you create and that you receive and manifest greater money. So let's go into the next excerpt. Actually, I'm going to play two excerpts, one after the other. Here you go. So if we're going to compete and beat somebody in business, we lose out in gaining from this formless supply. So the new process of life is to enter into the high state of cooperation where we complement each other by our abilities. When you give something to someone, well, let's look at it this way. You may want something, and you think the way to get it is to take it from somebody else. That is not the way to get it. That one belongs to them. That formless substance created that form, and that formless substance created this other form, and it put them together for its use and its benefit for others that you do not know anything about, called their family, their offspring, their businesses. But yours can still come in a whole other way. Because why? It's infinite supply. Infinite supply. What does infinite mean? No thing, nothing. Invisible. As soon as you can see it, you got finite supply. Those two excerpts really outline something important, is that when you compete, you lose out on gaining from the supply. And you're looking from the viewpoint of limited supply so when you're looking from the, the limited, from that there's these limited resources, these limited supply out here, and that in order to get mine, I then have to take it from someone else or take it from something that's already created, then you're missing out on this whole process of manifestation, of manifesting the wealth. And one of the ways to get there is to move in to this cooperation. So you're cooperating with how this works. You're cooperating with others who are also working together um, and you're complementing each other. And I found this in business is to me the superior way, at least in my life, is to make it so that when I'm working in my business that as my business succeeds, that there's others that I'm the others that I'm working with, and that includes other businesses, that they also benefit from my success, and I benefit from their success. And rather than just looking at it as we're competing, and I have come across people uh, who view it that way, and they've stolen ideas from us. Uh, they've stopped in in terms of my jewelry business they they have taken designs and reproduced them uh, sometimes 
cheaper because they can do it uh, in China or other ways, in ways that we don't do. And so, or less quality, but they take, they take those designs. Uh, they, they've stopped us, apparently, from what I heard, uh, from getting into different sales venues, different people who consider us a threat. Uh, and so I have come across that in business and I've told my partner who would definitely, especially at first, get very upset when we would get knocked off. I said, don't worry because we have something they don't. We can just create something new because we created that. We can create a new idea and they're going to be always waiting to try to take our idea. And so when you realize that there's infinite supply, then it opens up this world and you can help others as you move up. And it's a much better place to be because then you really do come into more of a, a sense of community of helping each other. And there's a greater level of trust and and I've talked to others who own businesses who eventually they don't like working with people who uh, come from that other mindset. They much prefer people who want to cooperate and want to uh, make all of our successes together. So that's just something to keep in mind as as you're doing your manifestation that if you find that you're trying to like take from someone else, you don't, you're looking at it from the, the limited. You're just looking as JR talked about earlier at what's already created or what's this limited. And you're not looking behind this creation. You're not looking behind the materiality to this infinite source and this infinite supply uh, so that you can get yours from the infinite supply rather than trying to take it from someone else. So let's get on to the next excerpt. As soon as you can see it, you got finite supply. Oh boy, I know we're almost out. I know. When you say you're almost out, guess what? You just programmed into this universal mind substance. Almost out. Guess what you get? Out. I didn't want that. I know, you created it. But I didn't know any better. Chat, you're plugging it in again. Jeez, I better watch what I'm saying, because I'm getting, yeah. Right. For a lot of people say, bite your tongue. They go. Boy, am I glad I didn't put that one out. You are to create, not compete, for what is already created. You are to create anew, not compete for that that is already created. It may be yours and it has your name on it, you'll get it. And if not, don't go take it. Somebody else may have their name tattooed on it in invisible ink and the police get it. So we're saying become a cooperator, not a competitor. Become one who has the team play rather than one who says, I'll do it all. I am the team. I am the important one. Without me, it's nothing. People ask me to do things. I say, do you want it? And they say, yes. And I said, I'll assist you. I can plug into the formless. But I'm not going to plug into any more than your ability to receive and use it. And you're going to demonstrate your ability to receive and use it by the actions that you put forward in order to get it. I... How come it's so unfair? It's not unfair, otherwise we'd all be toads. It's very fair. It gave us all a difference. Any riches that are secured on a competitive basis are not secure because somebody else is coming after them. Those riches that are secured on a cooperative basis will be maintained by the cooperative. Otherwise it goes. Now I think this is uh, just great in how he continues to develop uh, this whole concept and how we can apply it. So if you see it, uh, then it's finite. 
if you're seeing something that's already there. And if you start realizing that you're looking at things in terms of, oh, it's almost out, then you're programming that and then you'll get what you program. So how you see it, if you start looking at things and start looking at that finite and and be like, it's almost out or that kind of lack mentality that you're going to create, that you're putting that into this energy and then you're going to get it back. And so you have to be really careful because then you have the proof that, that it was almost out. You'll have that proof. You'll actually create the proof to justify whatever it is that, that you've believed that you've created into the substance. It will prove you as correct in that it will deliver that to you. It does become, be careful what you say, keep it in the light, keep going towards the highest good, keep your focus on the uplifting, on the positive, and on what you are going towards and what you're working to create. And if it's yours, you'll get it. And if it's not yours, then then you won't get it in terms of this limited area. So you don't need to try to take it from someone else. But it's better to really learn how to, this works and learn how to tap into this form of supply, supply or find someone who does know how to tap into it, like JR knew how to tap into it, and he uh, would assist others in that. But he said something really important. He would only assist you in tapping in to your ability to receive and use it. And you demonstrate your ability to receive and use it by the actions that you take and that you put towards it in order to get it. And so that, to me, is another guidepost of if you want to demonstrate to this energy your ability to receive and to use what you receive, then you might want to ask yourself, well, how am I, what actions am I taking now? What am I going towards in order to get it? What am I doing in order to get it? So that's something you can look at in terms of your life, that what are you doing to show, to demonstrate your ability to receive and use what it is that you're going for. And also at the end, he talks about that the riches that you secure through competitive means are not secure, whereas the cooperative is maintained by the cooperative. It's almost like the concept of live by the sword, die by the sword. If you do this by the competitive process, then there's always someone coming after it because they're going to come at you with the competitive process that you created this through versus creating through the infinite supply. So let's go to the next excerpt. If you have gratitude alone for what you've got, just thank God I've got what I've got. Thank God I've had all the experiences that I've had because they've got me this far. Thank God for all of the people who have taught me. Some lessons were real dear. And thank God for that. That deep feeling goes inside and you start welling up with this fervent feeling of the oneness that all is. And it isn't the old sense of count your blessings. You say, I have to count everybody and everything. Then just let gratitude become the measure and send it into the formless. Because gratitude is the key into it. And gratitude, giving you the key into it, gives you the supply out of it, which restores your faith in your ability. And your faith takes a hold of you as dynamic energy. And you start acting in life with the confidence and the direction that I mentioned in the very beginning. It becomes a neat circle of completeness and oneness. That is probably the greatest key into this whole thing at least in my experience, is gratitude. Gratitude for what you've got, 
for the people and the lessons. And he said, some of those lessons were dear. And let me tell you, some of those lessons were really dear. And some of those lessons cost a lot. And having a business where I really started out when I first started in the business I'm in, I knew next to nothing about the industry and about the business and about how it worked. And my lessons, my education was paid for, was paid for in mistakes, was paid for uh, with money. And I made so many mistakes. And those became the lessons and became the learnings and became that. And also in my personal life, in relationships, in all of these things where these lessons can be difficult. They can be difficult at times, but when you finally move yourself into that place of gratitude where you're just grateful for all of it, where you're grateful for those learnings and as difficult as they were, that you are still in gratitude because they assisted you, they made you stronger, they made you grow in the spirit and in your awareness and in your loving and in in your intention, in your impeccability towards your intention, your focus, moving into that gratitude. And JR said that that's the key. That's the key into it. So if you start with nothing else, start with gratitude. Start with being grateful, being grateful to yourself, being grateful to the things that you do to go towards this, being grateful for others, being grateful for the difficulties and for the successes. And once you move into that gratitude, these other things that he's been talking about follow. So if you really just want to start somewhere, start with the gratitude. So let's get to the next uh, excerpt. And yet people are going to sit there and say, ah, you believe that. Nah, that's, I don't believe that. Don't hang around those people. Those people that tell you that this isn't so, tell them to go someplace else. Because you'll find out it is so when you use these principles. And since they don't know the principle, they'll call it all sorts of names other than what it is. And they'll try to get you to buy into their limitation, into their labeling. And they'll give you a book to read to prove it. Toss the book out. You don't have time to read the book when you're tapped into infinite supply. It keeps you busy. It fills your mind. It becomes your teacher. It becomes the very breath that you move upon. And it becomes really the beloved inside of you and the fulfillment. And life becomes so gracious. And people are saying, thank you for being in my life. You remember we just talked about earlier how what you put into this uh, substance uh, you create back. And so there are going to be people who they have all their proof that this doesn't work. They have all their beliefs that just this doesn't work and they will show you how it doesn't work. And for them, they're right because that's what they're putting out into this, not realizing that that they're creating their own uh, limitation and their own doubts and their own um, not being successful in this. And so, like you said, don't hang out with those people. Be with those people. Associate with those people. Do business with those people who are, uh, as much as you can, who are in the same uh, vibration, the same line of moving towards this and who are open to creating and who are creative and bringing forward that creation and acting upon it and moving in this direction. Uh, so that is an important note to have. Let's continue on. You do a stupid thing. You say, why do I keep doing stupid things? Because you keep doing stupid things. <laughs> Won't I ever learn? I don't know. Try something else. How do I try something else? Write down what you're going to do first. Think about it. See it. See it working out there. Get up. Start moving on it. Faithing is action. Moving your body on it. Have the feeling of gratitude. See it. Claim it as being yours and keep going up for it. In other words, don't stop. Don't quit. 
And I think that that's a great excerpt to finish on because he just lays it out right there. Write what you're going to do. You want to start, you want to start working this process, write what you're going to do, write it down. Think about it. Have it in front of you. Have it in front of you multiple times a day, at least once a day. Put it in the light when you're thinking about it. Put it in the light for the highest good uh, and see it working. So you're using your imagination. You're winning in your imagination. Uh, get up and move on it. And that's a critical key that a lot of people uh, don't do. It's called, you're going to write the book, you know, well, sit down. Most other things, you're going to get up. And, but either way, you need to start moving on it. Uh, and then the fourth one that he mentioned was to have gratitude have gratitude like we just talked about, that that's the key into this, and then claim it as yours. Claim it inside of you as yours and don't stop till you get it. You have perseverance, you have focus, and you work these methods and you'll be amazed at how it shifts your life. And the amazing thing to me is that life becomes so much better when I'm in this process and in this focus and on this positive uh, movement, rather than waiting to get something, it then becomes you have the fulfillment as you're going towards it because you're connected in to this energy already. And it becomes less about the manifestation of the thing in the world and more about being connected to this source of infinite supply and experiencing that fulfillment of going towards the greater direction. And I encourage you to choose a direction and choose the goals that are aligned with your heart's true, the truth of your heart, so that you're aligning your goals based on your intention. And your intention is that formless energy and how you express it into this world so thank you once again for going on this journey with me and we will see you hear from you and uh, have you part of listening to this next time god bless you <laughs>